What is up, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. This is Eric. As always, I'm joined by... Sam. And? Christian. Yay! Hold down that enthusiasm, Christian. Sorry. I can't... I, I don't even know how you're sitting still with all that energy. I mean, once you get started into the murder, then then I'll need my own well, litter box to like, catch everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> before we get into this terrifying tale mm. of local murder let's mm-hmm. do some crypt keeping real quick make sure you guys are downloading the episodes if you're listening to us on apple podcast or itunes leave us a review mm-hmm. leave us that gorgeous five stars we like that tell us what you think of the show interact with us on social media yeah we interact back follow all of us yeah follow all of us we're on instagram primarily mm-hmm. facebook Twitter. I don't really check my Facebook, so if you're going to follow me, follow me on Instagram. Instagram's the spot. Um, if you're on Apple or um, iTunes, make sure you select you're still interested in the show mm-hmm. because that triggers auto-downloads. And we love getting auto-downloads. We love that. It's, it's our favorite. All right, Sam, so what do we have planned today? So today... We're doing the local murder from back in 91. We're doing Crystal Faye Todd. Now, fun fact, my mom, her house is not far from where they found her body. No way. Is it marked? No, it's not. I've tried to figure it out where they found her. and I can't figure it out. But she's buried right in Conway. Mm-hmm. Um, this case is prolific because it was one of the first cases in South Carolina to use DNA evidence. Oh, that was my fun fact. Oh, shit. You ruined your shit right on my fun fact. Well, we can edit that out. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) I just won't have a fun fact. You make it. Oops. (laughs) I didn't read these notes beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I put fun fact, so that could be my fault. I did not put fun fact. <gasps> Next time I'll put fun fact. Yes. If you I see fun DNA. fact, it means don't touch it. <laughs> don't fucking say it. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, um, without further ado, let's get into this local Southern Fried True Crime. <laughs> Southern Fried True Crime. Oh my God. If you've come anywhere near Myrtle Beach, you've surely seen signs for Conway, South Carolina. It's a quiet little southern town where the sidewalks all pretty much roll up by 10 p.m., sometimes even sooner than that. Back in 1991, teenagers did the only thing they could do in a small town on a Saturday night. They went to the mall. I mean, same. I'm from a small town. That's all we did. Mm -hmm. Or the Dollar Theater. We went out to the woods and set porta pies on fire. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. I'm not surprised by that, honestly. Drank our parents' liquor. <laughs> I did that. Did stupid shit. I did that. Yep. So there's only one mall in Conway, and that's where all the teenagers gathered. They all knew each other because they all attended the same high school, which was Conway High School. Fun fact. You could you can't even really call it a mall. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a strip mall. <laughs> Is that the one by the... T- by where like um, Chick Fil A and yeah. Bo- not Bojangles. Yeah. Um, no, you're 100 percent right. 
by Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little <coughs> little local facts for everybody. Yeah, it's not a real mall. It's like a fucking parking lot with a strip mall and yeah, a belt. There's a Planet Fitness there now. No, no, that's further up. Oh, it is further up. Yeah. So, Crystal was born on January fourth, nineteen seventy four, in right in Conway. So she's born and raised Conway, South Carolina. Her dad, Junior Todd, died when she was just 11 years old. 17-year-old Crystal Faye Todd was a senior at Conway High School. She was well-liked. She was popular. She was a good student. She had shoulder-length brown hair and bright blue eyes and an infectious smile. I feel like they always say about murder victims, she had an infectious smile. She lit up the room when she, she loved walked life. in. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Oh, I bet she was already planning that out for her house. That was a thing in the 90s. <coughs> so she was your typical, happy, fun-loving teenager, as we all are at 17 when the world is our oyster. I don't know. I was pretty angsty. I don't think I was. I was pretty, I think I was pretty fine. I don't know. I'll ask my mom. Early in the evening on November 16th, 1991, Crystal went to her grandmother's birthday party in Toddsville, which is a small community near near Conway. Crystal left the party around 7 p.m. because her idea of partying was not hanging out with old people and got in her new 1991 Toyota Celica and headed to the mall to meet her friends. Her mom, Bonnie, had given it to her as an early graduation present. Crystal was so happy to be driving again. Her license had been suspended for a DUI, and she loved her Celica. She had gotten a license plate customized to say, C. Todd. Crystal was just like any other teenager in the 90s, She was excited to go to the mall and see her friends. By 8, she was in the parking lot with one of her girlfriends. By 9, the two girls left the mall in Crystal's car and went to a party at a friend's house. The girls left the party by 11 and must have been a lame party to only be there for a couple hours. I mean, there's not much else to do in Conway. (laughs) Yeah, so how bad was this party? There's literally, like, fast food and hanging out in a parking lot. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, seriously. It's about the extent of it. It's still the same today, in 2021. It hasn't changed. No. Um, Her friend had to be back at her house by 11.15. That was her curfew. And... Crystal then made her way home in no hurry because her curfew was at midnight. Oh, my God. We have become what we were supposed to be as teenagers. I have a curfew. (laughs) Same, though. Same. I'm past my bedtime now. I know. Same. Same. But midnight came and went, and there was no sign of Crystal. Bonnie knew, as we all do as mothers, that something was wrong when Crystal wasn't home by curfew and hadn't called. Her feelers were going. The mom feelers were tingling. Yes, they were. Bonnie started calling Crystal's friends to see if they knew where she was. The last anyone saw of Crystal was at the Coastal Mall around 1130. 
By 3 a.m., Bonnie had run out of options. She called 911 and spoke with the dispatcher who wrote down Crystal's description along with her car and details on where Crystal had last been seen and with whom. The dispatcher could tell that Bonnie was fraught with fear, and he tried to reassure her that teenagers being late for their curfew wasn't unheard of and that Crystal should show up soon. He asked Bonnie to give him a call back when Crystal came home, and she agreed. 8 a.m. rolled around, and still no sign of Crystal. Bonnie called 911 again. Two of Crystal's friends reported that her car was at Conway Middle School. An officer was dispatched to the school and was informed by Bonnie that Crystal's car was locked and her pocketbook was still inside. The responding officer said that there wasn't much that he could do other than take the report, and just like the dispatcher, the officer tried to reassure Bonnie that Crystal was likely just out with her friends having too much fun to call home. The next morning, November 17th, two men were driving outside of Conway in the Maple community on their way to go hunting when one of them saw something odd lying in the ditch along the road. They got out to get a closer look and they realized that it was the body of a female and immediately called the police. An officer would later say that it was one of the most worst things he'd ever seen. It's one of the worst things I've done ever seen, man. It was probably exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it. <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head with that. I mean, you know, I did live in Conway for a couple years. you said that you weren't a handyman. <laughs> I've got lackluster impressions for days. I'm, good with, I'm mediocre with dialects. <laughs> Authors Dale Hudson and Billy Hills describe the scene in greater detail in their 2006 book about Crystal's murder, An Hour to Kill, a true story of love, murder, and justice in a small southern town. I great, now want to read that book. It's a great fucking title. Right? An Hour to Kill. <laughs> An Hour to Kill. Which was used as one of our primary research sources. So, The first things that the investigators noticed was a trail of blood running from the roadway to the ditch, footprints, obvious signs of a struggle, and the position of the body indicating that she'd been tossed into the ditch. Crystal had been found with her belt and jeans undone and pulled down around her hips. Her t-shirt was pulled open and torn. Her bra was pulled up, exposing her chest. There was a large amount of blood on her face and a huge slash, about three to four inches wide, not long, wide, like gaping, across her throat. And several stab and slash wounds in the chest and abdomen area, exposing her insides. Yeah, this this is really fucked. Like, she this was a violent attack. Yeah. This was all out just brutality. When investigators went to notify Bonnie, they brought Crystal's class ring that was engraved with her name. They also spared Bonnie the details of her daughter's murder. Investigators promised Bonnie that they would work around the clock to catch whoever did this to Crystal. It's like this was like a rage-fueled attack. 
to this somebody. Like, this is like somebody scorned. They slashed her so deep that her insides were exposed. Like she was seventeen. Like how could you be so mad at a seventeen-year-old girl? Be another seventeen-year-old. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crystal had over thirty different cuts and stabs, seven bruises, three abrasions. Her throat was slashed from ear to ear. Her stab wounds made a line going down her chest, and she'd been um, disemboweled. Semen was found in Crystal's mouth, rectum, and vagina, and there were also bruising around those last two areas. Which means she was forcibly raped. Yeah. So, trigger warning. I think you're supposed to say that before you say that. Oops. That was just all that counts. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, a murder we're, podcast. We're, we're not on this line to to be normal here. We're in. What, what's the best way to put it? Um, if you can get through some of the details of this, you get a trophy. Yeah. yeah. This is trophy territory. I mean, we made it through uh, Oklahoma Girl Scout murders, sort of. That one was that one was rough. We got a lot of compliments on that episode. I got drunk on Crown Peach that night. Mm. I'm pretty sure that was the night I brought my Crown Peach. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you needed it. I I needed I needed that. We're on beer tonight, beer and wine. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't even drink because I have a 45 minute drive home. (laughs) Yeah, we live out in the fucking cut now. Now the boonies, good lord. The stars are really pretty though. Yes, that's one of my favorite things. There was talk about her murder being part of some sort of satanic ritual, but it was completely quickly dismissed. Police believed that this was a sex-motivated crime, and Crystal's autopsy confirmed that she was, in fact, sexually assaulted. I mean, I mean duh. But was- her pants and shirt were pulled up, exposing her... Her, her her chest. There her was chest. semen found in holes. Right. Yeah. That doesn't say sexual assault. I mean, she... And she did. She was raped. If there was semen found in all of her orifices, she was raped multiple times in each, mm-hmm. each way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if she was alive for all of that. Probably not. I don't know. Bonnie told the Ori Independent that she was certain that her daughter's killer was someone that she and her daughter knew. After speaking with Crystal's friends, they gathered that she wasn't the type to get in the car with someone she didn't know. So she practiced stranger danger, which is supposed to be a good thing. This story. All right. So locally, from what I know about just hearing things about this story. This ruined Bonnie Todd's life. Oh, yeah, because her husband's dead and now her daughter's dead. Like that girl meant everything in the world in the world to her mother. And she was never right ever again. after. Could you imagine? No, no. Mm -mm. I mean, this is awful. Yeah. And the person who did this is a monster of a human being. One thousand percent. Bonnie grew more and more impatient with investigators. She knew that they were working around the clock to find the person who killed her daughter. But she's like, I want this guy found now, yesterday. I mean, I personally, I would be at the precinct 
every single day, making sure that they are doing everything. I'll be doing ride alongs, right? At everything humanly possible to catch my daughter's killer. Like I would be Liam Neesoning people. I'm shocked there that there wasn't more like a little bit of um, community frontier justice going on in this. Yeah, like because like, Conway was like a small podunk little town. So like if you pissed off the town in a way like this. Everybody's going to turn on you. Well, just like when um, out in California, I think it was in the 80s, when a little girl named Polly Class was kidnapped and murdered, the whole school walked out with flyers in mm-hmm. the middle of the day to go to go put them up and pass them out. But yeah, I don't know why little Conway wasn't didn't match that energy. I don't know. Kind of like that Southern, though I will speak <laughs> on that one. The Southern mentality, but ain't my business. I'll talk about it, but I ain't getting involved. Yeah, no, you're dead on. That yep. is exactly what it is. It's good gossip yeah. when you're getting your hair done. Yeah, but you ain't going to get involved. With curlers in my hair. Yeah, but you ain't going to get involved in it. Unfortunately, yes. yes. Bonnie had the support of all of Crystal's friends, especially Crystal's best friend, Ken Register. I mean, if I ended up murdered, first off, know that I talk shit until the very end, possibly even correcting his, the way he's trying to murder me. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're going to leave evidence that way. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Accurate. I'm trying to help you, homie. I'm a student of true crime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a true crime connoisseur. You are not doing it right. (laughs) That is not the way you do it. Oh, Uh, my God. Excuse me, sir. Why am I thinking, like, Sam would be like a, like... (laughs) impromptu like director for like a community theater about you're it. not yes and hold on hold on you missed you, yep you missed a piece of tape put that tar- put that tarp back yeah let's go you, miss, you missed your cue you won't you won't clean up all the blood all right so i don't know what you're gonna do but you won't ever get it all this is like as she's like spurting blood out of herself literally <laughs> all the way to the end the I killer has this like He's like, I'm not even in the mood to rape anymore. <laughs> I will kill I've the mood. My, I've lost my murder boner. I will kill the mood 1,000% because I will talk shit to the very end. No, I just end. have to kill you. <laughs> Ken and Crystal had grown up together, and even as they were entering adulthood, they remained close. They dated briefly in their early teens, but they agreed that they were better as friends. Why do I feel like that was probably a one-sided agreement? Um, because you know how this case ends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ken was also a good student. He helped out by scrubbing floors at his church his family goes to. Ken and his father even built a wooden altar for the congregation. Ken was Bonnie's favorite out of all of Crystal's friends. He came from a good family. He was a good kid. He was a member of the FFA, which is the Future Farmers Association. He was Future, Future Farmers of America. Whatever. And he was on the football team as well. He graduated high school in 91 and had gotten a job working construction down in Garden City Beach. It was about, like, what, like 30, 35? 35 minutes. Yeah. From Conway. Yeah. Ken was one of the first friends that were interviewed by police, and he willingly provided DNA samples for testing. One thing that 
we need to remember is DNA was very, very new at this point. Right. So with his samples and with everybody else's samples, they just sat in the backlog of the state crime lab. They just sat there. Yep. So like all these rape kits that were piling up. Yeah. They had to get work through. Mm-hmm. There was just a massive amount. And a lot of like trials didn't even allow DNA evidence because it wasn't. They didn't trusted. find them admissible. Like they yeah. would just be like, well, we don't know. If and that, it took we don't. so long. Yeah. I mean, it, that's really what it came down <laughs> to. By the time they solved it, like they would already have the case already cut dry, everything. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. My senior project was on DNA evidence, specifically fingerprinting. That's super cool. Unique and permanent. Hmm? So when I was in college for criminal justice, my final exam was two questions. And it was like, what are fingerprints? Unique and permanent. All right. You get 100. (laughs) Yeah, my senior project, I specifically, like, I guess, like, focused sort of on DNA fingerprinting and the OJ case, mm-hmm. which is how long I've had my opinion on the OJ case. <laughs> we might cover that in a later episode. Oh, bro, let's all day. All day. Let's. That is my bread and butter. I'll make a lot of people mad, though. So, mm. so anyway, Ken stayed in touch with Bonnie. He was her shoulder to cry on, her person to rant to. She was thankful for Ken being there for her. He'd been a rock for her to lean on during the investigation. Mm. But despite Mm. their efforts, police had no suspects. They've worked 16-hour days every day since Crystal's murder. They gathered tons of evidence, interviewed over 400 people. People. It was like all a Conway. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Conway in 91? Yeah, that's about a, Probably. I'd say 90% of Conway. You might have missed like one trailer park. That's about it. One, one trailer. Yeah. There's like eight people living in it. <laughs> Jeez. But We're still. Gonna our asses kicked. <laughs> yep. They're going to come. No, they're going to come for me. Like they normally do. It's fine. We live here. We can say things like that. Because true. it's true. It is true. Not one Conway person. has changed a lot. It has. It's very cute. I'm not going to say it's not. What it's it's I a love very Conway. nice little town. Yes. I love Conway. I love downtown. It's so cute. Yeah, but it didn't look like that in 91. Prob- no, probably not. No, it did not. But despite all of their efforts, they were still coming up empty-handed. On February 15th, 1992, Conway PD received a call from SLED. They had a DNA match. The day after Valentine's Day. Damn right. No one likes Valentine's Day. (laughs) The semen found on Crystal's body was dead on balls accurate to Ken Register. The same Ken Register, who was at Bonnie Todd's side... Every chance he had, consoling her, being her rock, supporting her while she mourns the loss of her daughter. I mean, where's the best hiding spot when you're trying to be inconspicuous? In plain sight. This just goes to show how much of a piece of shit Ken Register is. Oh, yeah. He was trying to, he was like, he's like, 
Please tell me about how horrible it is about your daughter being murdered. It's so awful. He goes home and just like just rubs it's himself. So awful. Yeah. Probably no. I, he's I'm, deranged. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he kept a trophy. I wouldn't. Be no. Shocked yeah. And if he hadn't, if he'd gotten away with it, she would not be the only girl murdered. No. No. One hundred percent. I'm I'm saying that right now. Like I actually touch on that later. But I agree. I mean, when you murder someone, like you hide out, you it's, you disappear. He was, he was now in a cool down period. Yeah, he he, you know, they're looking for the person who disappeared from the community. Yeah, because that's what you do when you break the law. You murder someone. You're like, oh nope, I'm going hiding now. They ain't gonna find me. No, Ken Register's out here consoling the mother of the murdered girl. Honestly, like, what a sick fuck. It's kind of brilliant. Because he just, like, stayed out. No one would suspect that. And if he wasn't a 17-year-old punk-ass kid, then he probably would have gotten away with it. On, yeah. Honestly. The fact that he was that advanced in 91 to At still... 17. To still be out in public with Bonnie Todd. Honestly, like, that is... Mind-blowing. Advanced, yeah, and terrifying. And the the what fucked him over was the <laughs> fact that he gave DNA evidence. Yeah, yeah, and because it, it was new, nobody trusted that shit. Yeah, it was unproven. You know, Sled was like, "We got somebody. <laughs> we got him, boys. We got somebody." Shirley Register, Ken's mother, did an on-camera interview and sweetly explained that her son got home from a date too early to match the timeline of the crime. On so, camera, she did this. Yeah, typical mother of the murderer. Murderer. Uh, it wasn't my son. No, my son's innocent. I mean, I, I want to get that. Uh-uh. That, nope. No, no, I, I want to get that, that you think your sweet baby angel would never hurt anybody. I, I understand that. But realistically, I think she knew. If I think she knew about, I think she knew that he murdered her. I absolutely think, yes. Regardless of the interview, police arrested Ken on February 18th, 1992. On the way to the police department, he asked for his mother twice, according to court documents. What a mama's boy. Mm. Mm. I need my mommy. Just goes to more to show that he's a freaking psychopath. I need my mommy. Initially, Ken didn't want to answer questions without his mother there. So officers went to go pick up Shirley. But she did not go with them. She ended up just giving them a note to hand to Ken instead. The note, according to the Forensic Files episode, told Ken to clam up until they got a lawyer. But official papers said that the note simply said that she loved him and knew that he was innocent. (laughs) I honestly think the Forensics Files episode ad-libbed that. Yeah, for more dramatics. Yeah. Regardless of what... It is TV. Yeah. We always got to spice it up for TV. Regardless of what the note said, the police told Ken that they found his footprints at the scene, even though they didn't, and that the note from his mother said to tell the truth, which it also did not. And just like that, that's all they needed to crack Ken Register. And it's not 
deceitful tactics from the police, they can technically no, lie during the, yeah, an interrogation. They can do that. They are legally allowed to. Yep. So. After several hours of interrogation, he finally confessed to killing Crystal. He told police that on the night Crystal was murdered, they had unprotected but consensual sex. Ken said that when he finished in, oh, God. inside of her, Crystal was furious and threatened to cry rape if she got pregnant. Which, if that's true, fuck that. That's some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't believe that. No, I don't. The bruising on her. That was not consensual. No, he raped that girl. Multiple times. So, after she says... I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say that if I get pregnant. Ken flew into a rage, and before he knew what he was doing, he was stabbing her. He also told investigators that when he came to his senses and realized what he'd done, he panicked. He pulled Crystal from his car and tossed her into the ditch, threw away the knife, and hurried home. When police searched the register's home, they found Crystal's car keys, newspaper clippings about her murder, among some other things that That's were not trophy. mentioned. Yeah, her car that, keys. His Her car keys were the trophy, um, the newspaper clippings he used. I mean, and you see this time and time again with these yeah. killers. That it was like they a keep, shrine. Yeah, they, they make a shrine and they relive that time and time again. And it was just a matter of time till. That probably wore off, and he didn't get the sexual gratification, mm-hmm. and then he would have to kill again. So they really they stopped a, ser- a potential serial killer. 1,000%. Or serial rapist, at least. At, at the very, very least. But he already escalated to raping and murdering. He, was not gonna, he wasn't just going to like, oh, I don't think I'm going to kill her. I don't think no. I'm going to kill the next one. No. No. We're not talking about like a Paul Bernardo situation where it was like <laughs> he was raping first, and then... Branched out into killing. It's yeah, I know. Straight he, up, like, let's just go with the gusto. He, w- he went, go big or go home. And he decided now to Now he's go big. in the big house. <laughs> now, he's in, now he's in the big house. Oops, spoiler. When police went to Bonnie's home to tell her about the arrest, she was shocked. She remembered Ken being apprehensive about the DNA samples, but Bonnie said, quote, Ken, you don't have to worry about your blood samples. You didn't do it. End quote. That did not age well. Yikes. (laughs) Also, police discovered that Ken had been arrested in September of 1991 for exposing himself to two teenage girls when he stopped and asked them for directions. Those girls were actually like Coastal Carolina students. No way. Charges were still pending when he was arrested for Crystal's murder. But those two incidents were not his only run-ins with the law. At 15, he did something to suggest that he was no no ordinary budding pervert. He made an obscene phone call to a woman and described in great detail how he wanted to slit her body open and kill her. Coincidentally, the same way he would go on to kill Crystal. Most men who go on to be rapists and some serial killers typically begin with indecent exposure and then escalate to sexually assaulting or kill- and or, I guess, killing. 
Police believe that there's a very good chance that a future habitual sex offender was stopped before he could do any more damage to other people. And and that's what it's about is the escalation. It's about, okay, well, I got a thrill out of doing that. Let's ramp it up. And then, all right, let's zero ramp. To real yeah, quick. I mean, it, and probably because his urges just took over. And then when he realized what he did, he had to kill her. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an option. Joel Rifkin style. Yeah. 100%. September of 1992, Ken was tried on the indecent exposure charges, and the jury came back two hours later with a guilty verdict. The following January, he was standing trial for Crystal's murder, and that jury came back with a guilty verdict on sexual misconduct, kidnapping, and torture after only 75 minutes. Ken Register was sentenced to life in prison. In 1996, South Carolina Supreme Court was not impressed at Ken's attempts at saying that police violated his rights during questioning and that the DNA testing method was subpar. The prosecution gave the defense the chance to do its own independent DNA testing but Ken told his lawyers not to. Yeah, because he knew he was fucking guilty. Yeah. Take your life sentence, buddy. Yeah, just take it and be happy, okay? <laughs> because if I had it my way, you'd be dead. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't go with the death penalty on that. I, I don't know either. It was brutal. He was so young. So? I think, I think it had to do with the age, actually. I really think it was his age. He was only yes. like what, like 18, 19? Seven, uh, 18, because he had yeah. graduated that year. Yeah, so he was like eighteen. So they probably didn't want to go with death penalty because he was. He like, was an adult. I know, but what I'm saying is, South Carolina, they got a track care. record for executing children. Ken stooped as low as trying to smear the victim in hopes that some depraved acquaintance of hers would be accused. This <sighs> is so fucked up. Yeah. He said that he heard that Crystal had been using drugs and that he'd seen her drink alcohol and smoke weed, contradicting his own statement from back in 1992 when he said he'd never seen her smoke weed. Oh. Ken told the Ori Independent on February 3rd, 2000, that he initially said he lied because he didn't want Crystal's alleged drug use to somehow sully his own reputation. He'd only used the drug a few times in his life when someone just so happened to pass around a joint. Ken's mom, Shirley Register, told the Ori Independent that she heard that Crystal would sometimes leave a party with one guy and then return to pick up another guy or two. She tried... (coughs) She tried to lend credence to the drug-dealing theory by suggesting that Bonnie and Crystal had too little of a combined income to afford their lifestyle. What? Yeah. And that Crystal wrote to school with a student who was rumored to sell LSD. This is like the stereotypical Southern gossip bullshit. Yeah. Like. Protect the boy. Slut shaming and all that. Well, this is just like. I mean, not that. Hair salon gossip. Yeah. Made to the extreme. I mean, Shirley Register comes out to look like a giant asshole, giant piece of shit. 
Like she looks like an asshole. She's slandering a little girl or somebody's little girl, a dead girl that yeah. was raped and murdered by her son. Brutally, I, mean, I get the initial like, my son wouldn't have done that. I get that. Yeah, I do too. Because that's that's your that's your sweet baby innocent boy. But at this point, he's been in jail for a while. Yeah, almost like, ten years, isn't it? Uh, this was in '96, so he'd been in jail for a couple years. Yeah, he ain't so sweet and innocent. I promise um, you. No. Survey says that. Yeah, she, is a lie. she's just a huge piece of shit. Honest to God. <clears throat> Thankfully, U.S. Supreme Court justices did not find Ken Register particularly endearing and refused to hear his case. He's currently incarcerated at the Broad River Prison in Columbia, South Carolina. Ken will be eligible. Eligible for parole next February. Well, let's hope he doesn't get out and hear this podcast. And if he should ever be real, uh-uh, I stay strapped, get clapped, buddy. Like, you want to come through my door? You ain't, you leave it in the body bag, homie. If he should ever be released, he will be required to register with the sex offender registry. Rightfully so. Right. Bonnie Faye Todd passed away at the age of 79 on September 3rd, 2014. She is buried next to her daughter in the High Point Baptist Church Cemetery in Conway. So with Bonnie's passing and her being unable to advocate for Crystal and fight to keep Ken in prison, do you think that he'll ever be released? No. I think this crime left such a stain on <coughs> the minds of the people of Conway because people still talk about it to this day. Oh, yeah. It, I had never heard of it till you told me. Like, it is common knowledge. Like, they found her body on Collins Jolly Road, um, not far from my mother's house. But, yeah, I've looked to see, like, where it, where it could be, but... Like, when my mom tells people where she lives, they're like, oh, that's near where they found Crystal. And what? that's how I found out about it. I mean, it's been 30 years. Yeah. And it's people still talk about this case to mm -hmm. this day. So, do I think Ken could possibly get out? I fucking hope not. He's a real piece of shit and a danger to society. He would be coming home to nothing and nobody. Well. So, where would he go? We don't he, have, like. He couldn't come to Conway. He wouldn't be able to oh, no. come to Myrtle. So I, I honestly think the best thing for him would be to stay locked up. So I have a question. All right. Well, two. I think I have two questions. One, are parole hearings public? Uh, they are. I now have three questions. Follow up to know the first one. Can we go? That I don't know about. I think you have to have like some type of. I think they're public to an extent. I'm not 100% certain though. Um, I've never really like looked into that. So I don't, I don't 100% know that. I'm going to ask. Um, I believe oh. they are public, but. I have a friend. I think you can write in. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, if you if you guys, if you creeps think Ken Register should stay in jail, 
Write the parole board of South Carolina. Oh, no, I want to go no, to the parole hearing. You can f- do that. I will not be joining you in that venture. Chris, Christian will go with me. Maybe. Maybe. She might. And uh, my third question. Mm-hmm. Do you think he would write back if he got a letter? I don't know. I think I want to try. Uh, if you want to write Ken Register a letter, go for it. But yeah, that's uh, that's Those Crystal Faye Todd. That's the story. A uh, little slice of hometown homicide. <laughs> hometown homicide. So we hope... <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the story, and we will see you creeps next week. Um, or a family annihilator, right? Yeah, we're doing a family annihilator. The king of family annihilators. One of my absolute favorites. He is. Specifically because of the ending. My absolute favorite. It's definitely going to uh, be a great episode for mm-hmm. Black Friday. Is <laughs> when that one will come out. I think it's no, no, that won't that one won't come out on Black Friday. It'll come out the week before. So I wanna say I'm not hundred percent sure when Thanksgiving is this year. <laughs> I think it's like the twenty fourth. Okay. That's what I wanna say. Then it'll come out the week before Thanksgiving. twenty uh, fifth. Yeah, it'll come out the week before. So yeah. So it'll come out next Friday, the nineteenth. So listen to it when you're on your way to Go visit your family for yeah, on your Thanksgiving and you think about all the members of your family that you fucking hate. But yeah. All right, guys. Um, that's it for this week. Make sure you go listen to the podcast, download the episodes, mm-hmm. spread it around like wildfire. Get get our listener count up. Share it with your friends. Yeah. Tell everybody about the show. Tell everyone. Christian dropped him socials. And as always, make sure you guys are following us on our socials. You can find us anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, the TikTok. The Tiki Talkie. The Tiki Talkie. The Clock app. (laughs) Make sure you guys are interacting us with on the socials. We're on Twitter. Let us know if there's something that you guys want to hear. Um, I mean, we've already got this month planned out, but we got a lot of time in our hands right now. We got plenty of time. Submit them wherever. Yes. And as always. Thank you guys that do download the show. We appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you guys stay creepy and we'll see you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.